0: Mr. Cleavon, April tenth, two thousand nineteen. Yes, it's week thirty two, big guy. How you doing? Uh doing spectacular, can How you doing? Oh spectacular. This is a new one, huh? It's uh week thirty two Voice of the Fans show. Wanna thank you guys for tuning in. Wanna thank you, Mr. Cleavon, another tuning in to another week. Uh April tenth. We, we got uh just had April Fool's Day, Easter Easter on the horizon. When you think of the number 10, tell me some names that come to mind Im- immediately when you think of number 10. The first thing oh, no, the first I thought of was Jim Zorn. that, that was the guy that first came to my mind. I'm not trying to be biased or anything, but this is the first thing that came to my mind. Donald Strzok, too, but I brought down Jim Zorn. Absolutely. I mean, that's just the upbringing. You know, coming up in the 206, I mean, he's the first quarterback that Seattle has ever had. So, you know, when you kind of first formulate those, you know, images and emotions of the space fan, you're to be around the, you know, the first, foremost quarterback you ever, you know, come across. And, and Jim Zorn definitely uh, had some skill, had some talent. uh' was doing his scramble the left hand. I mean, definitely. That's one of the first ones that comes to mind. Um, also, I had Jay Schrader He used to sling the ball for the Raiders. Different type. He reminded me of Jeff George, although he was better than Jeff George. Not sure, so sure about the teammate aspect of it, but he can throw the ball, man. Him and Jeff George were two guys who can 50 yards on a rope, not high in the air, let it fall down in the receiver's pocket. They could throw it 50 yards on a rope, like. <laughs> it was incredible, man. Uh you remember Jay Schrader, right? I remember when uh Al Davis trained for him, because um, he wanted that uh you know that that stable of Range kind of connection again and he went out and got his big strong quarterback and um, he did some things here there and gave him some time. he was it particularly back Much yeah. like Jeff George. But yeah. uh <laughs> You definitely no, don't, shut it down though. You weren't. You weren't you wasn't gonna. weren't going outrun the ball. He you know, wasn't gonna you know, leave a shirt. He was gonna be you in the numbers. Yeah, don't, don't get me wrong. Neither Jay Slater or Jeff George are. You know, are in the Hall of Fame or should be expecting a ballot in, in induction anytime soon. Don't get me wrong, man. But I just he, he can throw the ball. Um, and I, I thought he was better than Jeff George, the kind of a step up. But they reminded me a lot of life, though. Um, another number 10 that came to my mind was Walt Clive Frazier. Um, quick story about Frazier. I, I had a chance to meet him when the Clippers played the Knicks, or the Knicks played the Clippers at Staples Center here a few, about a month or so ago. And, of course, he's done in his uh, – I thought it was a suit that he was wearing. It's actually just a sport coat that he wears, sport coat with the, you know, slacks, a complimentary. Complimenting, uh, compliment, complimenting excuse me his uh sport coat. So I had to ask him. You know, I wanted to take a picture but it it was it it was, I didn't think it was gonna be appropriate later on later on that night I saw multiple people taking pictures with him. And I was just like, all right, I missed my chance. But uh I asked him, I was like you know, I told him you were before my time. I didn't get a chance to so see you play. All I saw was highlights. So congratulations on your career. And then I said, now your jackets, man. You got to tell me, you can't get no more than one or two wears out of them coats, can you? He's like, yep, that's exactly it. <laughs> one or two wears because people. I was like, yeah, because you know, all, as abstract as they are, people will still remember the abstract. You know what I mean? Correct. So yeah, he was. Uh, he was like, yep, I only get one or two wears out of them. And then I asked him about kind of does he pick them out and kind of how that goes. And he tells me, um, yeah, he identifies the fabric and then, you know, sends it off to Taylor and let them dress it up. But he identifies the fabric. And so he spends quite a bit of time traveling around looking for the fabric, which is, a, which is also interesting. So he, he has a purpose behind his it – it's not just elaborate jackets that he's wearing. There's the, a the purpose behind it. So I found that kind of interesting. So that was my third number 10, walk by Frazier. And then the last guy uh, on the list was uh, Pele. And we know what Pele has done for, uh, for soccer, right? Now everybody wears 10s. And we, Pele played, I think he last played in the 70s um, over here in America, which all the Europeans tend to do. It's a money grab. After their career is done, they come play in America, and they look great because American soccer is so shabby, um, which, is, which is interesting, interesting. In fact, cause speaking, of, well, I, speaking of soccer, LAFC hosts the uh, Seattle Sounders this week. And uh, I'm not sure what side of the arena I'll be sitting on. <laughs> gotcha. Well, you know, Kaylee is one of those uh, players that wearing a particular number kind of transcends, you know, the number and the sport itself, much like, you know, Jordan wearing the 23 passed on to LeBron. As you were saying, you know, Pele running the 10 pass on to Diego Marion and then on to, you know, Essie. So it just is indicative of what us at that level of that caliber wear and what they do and what they represent. Much like, uh, you know, the Chicago Ballers, you know, the Derrick Roses and the, you know, Nick Andersons of the world, you know, represent, you know, that Denji Olson. Yeah, I, I, I from Chicago. I I, guess, I definitely think that uh, Pele definitely does that. Oh yeah, Pe- Pele, no question about it. Pele transcends the game, certainly, most certainly. So, um, the number ten. And wearing the numbers, like, if I was playing basketball, I wouldn't wear. I wouldn't wear twenty three. I would want to make my own number. I just would not wear the twenty three. It, it I don't understand why these guys aren't in the mode of kind of breaking through and, and establishing something on their own. Um, the only way i signed with Jumpman is if I was having my own shoe. I wouldn't wear your shoe. I wore your shoe all the way to now I'm um, big, and, big enough to have my own shoe. I wouldn't wear your shoe. As great as it is, as cool as it is, don't get me wrong, I just wouldn't wear your shoe. I don't understand why these players don't do that um, kind of a side note to to sports topics. What do you think about that? I think it's because of the public. I think it's because of the way they were drawn and gravitated towards uh, the Jordan shoe. To be quite honest, I feel the same way as you do. I, I think it's crazy how many different Jordans they've had uh, come out and how people wear different of Jordan, they wear different years, different styles of Jordans. They don't really wear the other shoes. I mean, perhaps a few players kind of have a little bit of a, a market reach, but the Steph Curry's aren't really all that popular. The KD's aren't really all that popular. The Harden's aren't really all that popular. I think Alex has no shoes, not really that popular. The Kobe's, you know, were never really that popular. I mean, Jordan just completely trumps in, in every single way, shape, form, or fashion. I've never really been able to understand it. I didn't think that you'd want to go out and branch out and be your own person. And in addition, that whatever it is that you were doing would transcend that and your shoe would become somewhat more popular. And because you're still playing, perhaps even would be more popular than the Jordan. And it's never, ever happened. Very, very strange. Well, the 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 start nobody can start like Jordan started, and, and that's what propelled Jordan to and the Jordan brand to what it is now. It was the start, and they, it wasn't even um, a fairy tale beginning or a, um, a beginning. You know, it was kind of like an all shucks beginning, if you will. Um, however, that start when nobody was branding their own shoes, nobody was putting the marketing into their shoes, you can never duplicate kind of the original one. And is although Maggie Johnson and Larry Bird promoted the Converse, I think Isaiah did too, actually. Isaiah did, and there was a commercial with about eight of them, actually. Kevin McHale, a lot of different guys, as I remember, in that commercial we uh, were promoting that commercial initially. Uh, Dr. J did his promotions, but in that mid '80s, it's kind of where marketing kind of kind of took over the world, if you will, in a sense. And Jordan Brand was an early um, winner in that stage, and, and it just continues to this day. But I, I personally, again, if I was a player, I would never wear the shoes. Not that I did any disrespect to Michael Jordan. It's just I want to make my own uh, my my own shoe. I want to have my own name. I want to build my own brand, and I want people to recognize that. And unless they're building, unless you pay me that much money and built that, you know, Cameron Buford, uh Jumpman shoe, that's the only way it's going down. Um, even though people gonna know who Jumpman is, See, that's the only way it would go down. But nonetheless, I, I just find that interesting that you do. Uh number 30, number thirty two, let's run through these numbers. Uh who is the first number thirty two that came to your mind, being that this is week thirty two of the voice of the fans. Let's remind the people who who we are and what we're doing here. Number thirty-two is who for you be that. Ironically it, it is Urban Matthew Johnson. It's the first uh thirty-two that comes to my to my mind. Okay. Um just growing up watching uh from a young age and you know, seeing the success that he was able to have on the foot. Um I was, I was the first one that came to mind. Well, my first guy came to my mind was Jim Brown. Uh, very quickly after that was Marcus Allen, and then O.J. Simpson, running back for the uh, running back for the Bills. The first three guys came to mind, and uh, Magic was up there. I think was uh, shortly right behind them. So speaking of Magic, Magic says he's done working. He wants to go back to being himself, being a superstar that he's known for. And the the heck with the Lakers. He steps down and kind of leaves them in alerts, not telling anybody. I guess he's not walking out because he he held a press conference to tell everybody he was leaving, but didn't tell his boss. What do you think about Magic and kind of how he decided to step down? Cam, you ever see something? And it's so startling, and it's so, like, unexpected out of the blue that you kind of don't think it's real. And you kind of go to sleep on it. And then you wake up, and you're kind of going through the routine of what you're going to do for the next day. And then that fact kind of pops into your mind, like, wait a minute. That happened last night. Like, oh, my God, what, what, what was that? That's how I felt about this.
1: It, it took you a night
0: for that to absorb? <laughs> it, took, it took an evening for that to absorb? <laughs> so so, so it's like, it's like when a first happens, like, you absorb it, you internalize it, but then you're like, that's so crazy that, like, you kind of, like, forget about it. And then you <laughs> kind of go to sleep, and then you wake up, and then you're doing all the rest of the stuff, kind of getting prepared for how you're going to start your day. And then that thought pops into your head, and you're like, oh, my God. That just happened last night. I almost forgot. Like, that was so crazy that I wanted to put it out of my head so that I didn't have to think about it. But once the next day started, it was, was like, the, the first thing after, after like, what you, you're trying to do when you're ready for the day. That was the very next thing that pops into your head. It was like, oh, my God. That did not. So you're a Laker fan. What friend- was that? It sounds like your heart is hurting right now as a Laker fan. I'm just, I'm just astonished with the way I mean you know one of my sports idols handled that situation. In my in my opinion, fairly unprofessional. In my opinion, the level of expectation that everyone had for him being in that position was so underserved, and it just all seemed very selfish. And it all seemed like the position that you wanted was so far over your head that once you realized it was so far over your head that all you wanted to do was go run back to being the 20-year-old sensation out of Michigan State. It's like, no, we're way past that, man. Okay. You asked for all this, you wanted all this, but it came and fell in your lap the way that you allocated the responsibility and kind of handled things was less than stellar. I mean, I, I, know you all want, you want to always be able to be in front of the camera and talking to people and kind of interacting, kind of having your sphere of influence in certain instances, but that's not what presidents of basketball organizations do. They can't always be that guy. Sometimes you have to make tough decisions. I mean, that's, interview I heard part of the problem is you think you had the nerve to fire Luke Walton. It's like you don't have the nerve to fire Luke Walton, but you have the nerve to bring the best player on the planet to your town. That's different. What with a four-year with a four with a four-year plan laid out as to how you were going to make this work, how you were going to make this happen, and then, then a year into the four-year plan, you uh, decide the day before the last game that like, this just isn't for you anymore. He wanted to just get back to having fun and just being mad and dancing. I don't know. Rubbed me the wrong way. Rack. Cleva ah, is blasting magic. I like it. A couple things. First, when you first start speaking, you gave me a point of deja vu. Every day, you sometimes you hear something that you can't really believe is real. And Black. that's when Magic announced he was retiring from basketball. It was like, "Are you kidding? Magic Johnson is retiring? What?" I was with a little girl. And we we kind of had to stop doing what we're doing to focus on Magic, and I was hey, I hate that we did that. I wish we'd turn the TV off, but nonetheless, we had to stop doing it to, to see what Magic was talking about, and obviously, ruin the move. But it was that's how I felt. I was like, "Are you serious, Magic? What?" Okay, so. Yesterday, so let me uh, rewind about a week ago at the Clippers-Lakers game. Now, I'm not to the point where I got decent feet at a Clippers or Lakers game. So our media seats are up in the 300 level. I mean, we can see down, we can see the game, but, you know, it's not as good as being down on the floor or some other press seats that they have available. So we have, in the media room, there's like five, six TVs. Where we can watch the TV, eat, have drinks, not, not alcoholic drinks, non-alcoholic drinks, but water, soda, whatever we want, kind of chill out, snacks, popcorn, kind of chill out, watch the game. And in there, we can kind of talk to different people because there's different media members coming in and out of there, representatives from both teams are in there. It's kind of a, a common place for people to meet, uh, as well as other media members. So I was sitting having a conversation with one of the afternoon radio hosts on the ESPN here in Los Angeles, and my question was to him was like about Magic kind of is this the right seat for Magic on the bus? We know Magic is a super. He's Magic is a superstar. His his light shines brighter than ever in any room he goes into. He overshadows everybody. Period. Not even no question. He's a superstar. He wants to talk to everybody, shake hands, make everybody feel good. As a GM of a team, he needs to dial that way down, almost turn that off. And not only the GM, but the president. He has a GM. That's Rob Palenka. But he's the president of that organization. That or what? he's the superstar. That And this is the conversation I'm having. We're one of the Kaminsky brothers. Can Magic turn that star down? Will he learn this over over the summer to dim that light? Can he do that? And is it fair to ask Magic Johnson to dial it back? Can he do that? Is it fair to ask him to do that? Apparently, um, they had some meetings over the weekend. Somebody's thinking the same thing. And then Magic... Yesterday I, I come home when I was going from one game to looking for basketball games, and I clicked on NBA TV and heard Magic talking. And he, he's answering the question for me. Can he dial it back? Nope, he don't want to dial it back. He wants to turn it up and, and be Magic Johnson. That's not the right position on the seat. That's not the right seat on the bus for Magic Johnson. We need a different role for him. And he mentioned it, I would rather be the, the ambassador. somebody called me up, I'm going to help them on their game. Um, he said his businesses were booming, so he wants to focus on that. Then he said he wants to be Maggie Johnson. And so I'm not really kind of clear as to what the real story is, but something had to happen. Either, And apparently he wanted to fire Luke Walton for certain, and Luke Walton and Rob Blinka. And, and then that's when – Jeannie was like, we're, we're not doing both of those, Magic. And then Magic said, okay, well, you can do whatever you want to do. I'm out. Or didn't tell her that, but says, okay, and ultimately let the house know that he was he was out. So I understand where you're coming from. I'm not as emotionally tied to the Lakers. I it, I enjoyed this. I am enjoying this last six years, actually. Um it's not so much emotionally tied to the Lakers. Understand that. I mean, the Lakers have obviously a great lineage, superior to anyone in in the history of basketball, less the Celtics. Um, yeah, we've been through the <laughs> so Showtime era. A we've been through the me, Lake show era. Let me ask you a question, and this is totally off script. You're you are a Laker fan, correct? I am a Laker fan to an extent. I'm really more a fan of some of the players they've had more so than just tied to the purple and gold, if that makes sense. But it doesn't make sense. and it kind of makes my question mute. I'm wondering, I born and raised in Seattle, Washington, I always thought Seattle got zero respect for anything. Uh, the Mariners obviously don't deserve any respect, but the Sonics, they won in, in 78 or went to the championship, 78, won it in 79, back-to-back championships. Boy. They getting a little, they didn't get much respect until obviously Gary Payton came and he talked his way really into some existence. Um, True. as with the Seahawks, I mean, they went, they had their good year in eighty, eighty two, eighty three, 82, 83, and then kind of fell off and kind of you know, rolled rode the uh, bottom of the sea for a while until they recently popped up. Well, they. Had ninety seven, they had a good year. Um, and then went down again. Same back was, in '06, went to the Super Bowl against Pittsburgh. I'm too short, then Okay, well I'm saying, '07, then '06. Okay, but I always felt that the team, the market, didn't get any respect in comparison to the Los Angeles, um, the major markets, Los Angeles, Chicago, um, New York. Um, therefore, I developed a disdain for New York. Chicago and Los Angeles, and it's really odd that I live here on a totally separate separate note. But because I had that developed that disdain at a young age uh, for the markets and not understanding how the markets and the people and the, and the population impact the numbers and impact the funding and all that, I just developed the disdain. So I'm not sure I was going to ask you if you're a Laker fan. How could you be a Laker fan it, uh, knowing that you grew up in that in that same um, atmosphere, if you will? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. For sure. And I, I hear what you're saying, but I've always had a respect for excellence. I've always been somewhat superstar-oriented. And, unfortunately, sometimes markets make players superstars more than they should be. However, the Lakers are not really – certain Lakers don't fit into that mold. So, Matthew does not a superstar, no matter where he's at. And he's a superstar on the highest level, like you were saying. Same with Kareem, same with Shaq, same with Kobe. So when you're watching those players and you're watching the players around them, you kind of gravitate towards that, but more so because of them as opposed to the market. So Magic Johnson versus Larry Bird is one one of the first college games me and my dad ever sat down and watched together because it was such a big thing. Okay. So, so... Oh, I do not idea. so much that uh, I'll be very honest with you, I had zero idea that game was going on at the time. I probably heard something okay. that, but at in you know, seventy nine and eight years old, no, zero uh, zero attention to it. Yeah. That was one of the, and and again, it was during that same time, ironically we are talking about the Sonics winning the championship that year. So we were already on uh, that basketball thing and oh, let me throw this other little thing in here. This magic man versus the bird man. This is, this is what they do before they get to the pros. Kind of like, oh, wow, this is like a big deal kind of thing. No, so, I, I was, uh, the Sonics, I knew about the Sonics is the Sonics would come to the boys' club and they would pick us up. The uh, representative of the Sonics would come to the boys' club, pick us up, take us to the game, and then drop us off back at the boys' club. Uh, whatever program they had going on, we were at, we must have went to ten or fifteen games that season. Uh those seasons going to the boys club. It was it was so cool, uh to meet Jack Sigma, Gus Williams, uh DJ. It was it that was um that was Right for him. Man, that was it was incredible. It it was that was absolutely incredible. Um to go to the go to the stadium and just hang out with those guys. I mean, definitely, definitely times are different then, but um no, no, I'm sorry I cut you off. I'm gonna cut you off. You're saying the that game, Magic and Bird, was the first uh college game that you you and your pops got the chance to sit down and watch. Right. From from the college uh you know, well. Yeah. But it, basically what I what I was trying to say is that, you know, so history actually goes back a, a long way. So it's not necessarily a Laker thing. think it, okay. it, it's more of a of a magic thing. Okay. So the timing of of how he did what he did and the way that it seemed like it was somewhat kind of escapism from, like, the chaos that he had kind of caused, and he didn't really see a a solution that was going to answer all of the noise and all of the problems and just kind of, it's kind of like, you know, you take a thousand-piece puzzle out and you put all the pieces on the table and you have, like, a third of it assembled and you just kind of walk away from it. You think it's third is simple? Maybe like, it's, 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 it's outline. It's, Maybe it's just so, just it's so it, incomplete. You just have the outline of the puzzle put together and then the rest. Yeah, of I mean, you know, you know the, the big parts, right? I mean, you know, he, he said from the very beginning, and he was very honest about it. He said that if he couldn't deliver two superstars, he would quit. But I think that what he was starting to see is that his the way, the manner in which he thought he would be able to deliver the superstars wasn't a plan that could work because every time he would kind of try to do that, he would get hit with a tampering. you know? And, and this is just kind of trying to defend him because on the other side, I don't really feel that way because of the responsibility that he took on. It was just way too much to, to back out at this point. I'll get back to that real quick, but he. You know, the Ben Simmons thing with you can't work out with him. You know, the Giannis, you can't you can't say he's a great player. You know, the rough you can't say any congratulations, you know, for doing whatever. So his the way he was used to kind of charming situation, you can't do that as a president of a basketball person. Right? So then I'm, double on the that light just shines too bright. He's a he's a superstar. Can't can't yeah to be calm and coy. Can you learn that? I mean, you, he's a superstar. He never had to be. Hey, man, this never is had to be. I tell you what's on my mind. Either you roll with me or you don't. It's cool either way, blah, blah, blah. He doesn't have to be calm and coy. Hey, sir, we really like you to do this here. That you follow us and join our team, this is what we can have you do. He, he does and at, that, and, at, and at certain and at certain intervals you can't talk to people at certain times and you can't talk to people in, in certain ways because of what your position is yeah but so. again what, what I also think was starting to occur is that he was starting to see that the big dominoes and you know' we're not in his world but I bet behind the scenes I think she what he started to see is that all the big dominoes had already fallen. Whoever was gonna was gonna go wherever they were gonna go had already decided that and that there weren't any other dominoes really left on the table. For him to go out and try and acquire and charm or do whatever he was going to do, to try and attract talent to the Lakers. the, the, oh, the biggest the biggest number one problem I have with what that did is the timing, man. The timing is so that's I mean, you did. I did it before the ping You did it before the ping balls settled. You did it before the draft. You did it before free agency started, and you did it before you had to fire the coach because you just didn't want to. And then you didn't even tell somebody you know since you were 20 years old for 40 years before you told the whole world because you didn't want her to talk you out of it. That's the problem that I have with it, those two things, the timing and how he did it. So so you why is this it time. don't happen is, which I totally understand. He just wants to go back to being nasty. Okay, that's cool. Well, then don't take on the responsibility of being the president of the biggest basketball organization in the world. Well, he didn't understand the challenges at the time. He, and he says this is good timing because it gives them a chance to get somebody in place before the draft, before – of, excuse me, before the ping-pongs are established, before the draft, and before summer camps begins, and so they can't do their homework. Um, this is the best time for it, apparently. And it, it lo- looks like he didn't want to do the work. Um, you know, But I, this, puts, this puts the organization in a situation where all of the things that you told LeBlanc, and I, I cannot imagine other well, than just, I'm sorry, and you've idolized me your whole life, please forgive me, how you can look LeBron in the eye and say, "Man, I'm so sorry about this." Well, he can, he brought you over here with <laughs> he, with these all these schemes, plots, well, and plans, and I am not going to be around to implement any of it. Oh, come on, stop it. Let's not act like LeBron came here because the LA because um, the Lakers were thriving off of Ma- what Magic has done. Let's let's not act like that. He came here so he can pursue his off the court activities. And oh, if we can win a championship with Magic around, that would be awesome. But most, we're going to take care of my family and the off the off court activities. We we already know that, so let's not act like that's impacting him. You are right; he is putting the organization as a whole, that includes LeBron, in in a tough situation. But he, um, listening to him, he has kind of established that this is the best. Timing—if he's going to do it, he might as well do it now. When they do have time to get somebody in place before the balls are are picked, before the draft happens, and before summer, before the summer free agency um, takes place, I, I do agree. It's kind of shady not to tell your boss what's going on. Um, your boss, who is like family, it's kind of shady not to tell them who actually put you in the, in this place. And total autonomy and control of the entire organization. Whatever you want, whatever you say. And I just don't understand. So I, I'd like to know what the conversation was. Did they say? Did Maggie say I want to fire Luke and Rob And Jeannie said no, or it was okay to fire. Luke? The way I understand is that Jeannie never said no to anything that he wanted. to. well gave him gave him all the power. So then, what we'll, we'll, what was the snag? What was the problem? And we'll find out, I guess, what was the real issue. But you know, I guess. It's a good thing because he hasn't done anything. He hasn't been doing well. Let's say that for for the Lakers. If you heard that, did you hear that mix with Jerry West versus Magic Johnson? It was a little mix of with how you run how you actually run a basketball team. And had you heard that? On, had you heard that? It was on Twitter. Floating around on Twitter the last couple of weeks. I had heard a little bit about kind of like the dichotomy, the differences in, in how the styles would work and kind of how they would approach different situations. Well, I don't the same have a, but it's on Twitter. It is Jerry West he, he speaks. He talks about how what you do with a basketball team, you need, or what you what you would do if he had LeBron. You need to get a bunch of shooters around LeBron, and you want to let LeBron run the floor and then kick out and penetrate and kick out to the shooters. That's what you would do if you had LeBron. And then Magic Johnson says, well, no, we don't want to do what – we don't want to get shooters around LeBron. We need playmakers around LeBron. Because if we get shooters around LeBron, we'll be like Cleveland. And we don't want to be like Cleveland. who went to the finals uh, eight times in a row. (laughs) It was kind of a really damning uh, audio snippet of – the contrast between Jerry West, a good GM or a good president, and Magic Johnson, who was a superstar who's not a GM. It was a really stark contrast. You should find that on Twitter. It's a really good listen. Um Steve, so let's take a break. So we talk we talked about a lot a lot about magic and why he stepped down. What do you think the Lakers' next move should be? Um, I think the Lakers' next move should be trying to find someone that they feel is going to be in the organization for the long haul, understands what the responsibilities are, understands what their capabilities are, so that they can allocate other responsibilities to other people, and. Unfortunately, I don't think that they're going to be able to rally in time to really be that big of a player in this free agency market. I know that LeBron's a big name, and I know that LeBron um, has a certain amount of cachet and respect, but what I've started to kind of understand over the last year is that although players respect LeBron, doesn't mean that they necessarily like or want to play with LeBron. Those are two completely, totally different things. His career again, his numbers speak for themselves. Again, so, click, move on. I want to beat the guy. I don't want to play with the guy. I want to beat the guy. Me first, that's not what simulation's about. No, no, no. That, that, that's, that's, that's that's the old model. You need to break that model up and throw oh, it away. That's uh, not how players think anymore. Well, not even a little exactly. bit. Not even a little bit. Not even a little bit. If somebody beats you down, you know what you'll do if somebody beats you? You'll go join them. No, 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 no. Now, Ask that, Kevin Durant. I, I, I personally... Ask know. Kevin Durant. He that, joined a, a team that went 73-9 and nine that barely beat the team he played on I by mean. one game in the Western Conference Final. And what did he do two months later? He wouldn't join that guy. Sir, so don't tell me that players want to beat that other guy. No, no, no. I know. I, I, I can't speak for all players. I can speak for myself, sir. I would have never played for CAY. I played for Rainier. I would have never went down to play for CAY, period, ever. I played for Rainier. I wasn't going down there. I wasn't I wasn't going over there. There's no reason to go play put on that ugly brown and yellow uniform. Ooh, shut yes. around. Check around. there there wasn't no reason to go over that way. So I I hated it when uh, I never understood when players went to. In fact I talked to John Sally about this. John, Sally, I wrote it for you when you was a bad boy Detroit Pistons. Beating up Chicago Bulls. How are you going to put on a Bulls jersey? Sally's like, well, they paid me like $1.3 million to go wear that jersey. I wore that jersey loudly and proudly. I was like, okay, John, I hear you. But I was like, man, you can't go... I never understood why players did that until I obviously got older and understand that you get paid. But nonetheless, nonetheless um, the Lakers have David Griffin, the former Cavs GM. They'll probably sign him. Why wouldn't you? Um, they talk about going to get Jerry West. They have, they have, they, have, they, have a, they have a general manager. They're talking about to be the president? President, yeah. yeah. Get David Griffin in there. He, he's available. Um, they talk about getting Jerry West or go talk to Jerry West or try to get the guy from the Houston Rockets. Come on, go get Jerry West. And how many times are gonna just Jerry West, and then just right. keep bringing him yeah. back? Yeah, I mean, this, I'm just telling you what the talk is down, going on down here. Um, but they let's go get a true Laker is kind of what they're talking about. They they, they had they had the truest had the truest Laker that's ever did. I wrapping. As a sophomore out of college, has been a 40 year company guy. Yeah. So how is how is that the pollution? Yeah. Well, that's, that's, that's the topic. but that's the topic, guy. So let's move so on. So basically what you're saying is the same thing that I'm saying is they don't have any answers in the best case scenario is hopefully the team kong balls bounce their way. Well, I, if it were me, I'd go get David Griffin. Um, and yes, he, he, he was the GM for LeBron. He knows how to build a championship team around LeBron, get David Griffin in there and make, make that happen. Um, I just can't imagine what the locker room now looking look and sound like. I mean, LeBron is going to be running the show. And Le- LeBron's daughter is going to probably design a jersey. Uh, he's going to be running the full show of the Los Angeles Lakers uh, from here until he retires. So who's in place to tell him no? Um, whomever they bring in, LeBron is going to be like, uh, buddy. <laughs> um you better be doing something around me because uh, I'm gonna be here making thirty-three million dollars a year. Uh, so let's move on for the Lakers. Uh, we're moving into the playoff seeding. You know, games are going on as we speak that will decide the seeding for the final seeding for the uh, NBA playoffs that begin this weekend. And this is a question that's been kicked around for multiple years, multiple seasons, and I don't think I've gotten your opinion on it. Should the NBA reseed their teams for the playoffs? Not a fan of that idea. I like the two conferences. Um, I don't like the best record versus the 16th best record, and the second best record versus the 15th best record. No, I prefer the conferences to laid made up the way they are. You are where you are. Um, you know, do the best you can in the group that you're in. And then we'll get down from there, 1-8, yeah, like 4 stocks. I think it would change. Um, you, you have better comparisons. Like you can say LeBron won the East eight times in a row. Uh, if they were to change that, you couldn't say he won the East. You know, he, he got to the playoffs. He got to the finals eight times in a row. Um, he didn't win the East. He got to the finals. You'd have to change that verbiage, I guess. Um I I vote against that as well. Uh, Paul Pierce had some interesting words to say last uh, Friday as they were commenting on the wage retirement run. Paul Pierce said if he had a young Shaq, he'd have four or five titles. What do you think about that? I heard the comments. And it kind of opened my eyes to kind of how I feel about Paul Pierce. About who? About Paul Pierce. Okay. There's there's, there's two things that stick out in my mind when I think about Paul Pierce. I can't shake him no matter what I try and do. The first one is when rolled off of the court in a wheelchair. You're a Laker fan. And then walked back out like he was Willis Reed or something. It's like, dude, if you roll out on a wheelchair, you may not come back to the court, man. But when you roll out on a wheelchair for what was so egregious? what was so problematic that you rolled out in a wheelchair. That's number one. You are a Laker fan. To a certain extent, yeah. No, no, not to a certain extent. If that was your number one complaint about Paul Pierce, is that he rolled out a in the wheelchair in the NBA finals, you are a Laker fan. No, 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 no. I was thinking, I was thinking, you're, you're, your mis- you're missing a point of my story. You're missing the No, I heard your tra- story. Traps you. Perhaps tra- tra- you don't understand my story. Do you Do you recall the game I'm talking about? This isn't a dog. This is a Boston dog. Yeah. Okay. So he was so hurt that he he had to roll himself out in a wheelchair to the locker he didn't room. That injury was? He didn't know how bad it was. He thought he was out. He thought okay. he was done. Okay. He thought come his on, career man. over. Come on. on get come back on, to the man. locker room. Oh, okay. What's good? Oh, I'm okay. pretty yeah. good? Okay. Let me get back to the locker room. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's <laughs> number one. Ridiculous. Super <laughs> Superstar star happens to do that. Number two. Oh, wow. <laughs> Number two, number two, the way Draymond oh. cut kids' trash talking short with what you thought she was Kobe? Right. Yeah. And that dude never had another syllable to say to him. Like, <laughs> oh, what you just shut your ass up? <laughs> yeah. What you thought was Kobe? Yeah. Well, wow. Well, I mean, there was nothing else to say, right? <laughs> shut, shut, shut him right down. So any talk of him talking about himself in the same perspective as the third greatest shooting gun ever playing in the NBA is ridiculous, man. Come on, you can't take it. You can't take a man seriously that thinks that he's so hurt he needs a wheelchair to come out, and then lets Draymond Green just embarrass him in front of the whole world to the point of silence. I mean, even Paul Pierce says he kind of like it. Yeah, it's just, you know, know, food for man. A grain of salt. How seriously can you take it? He's not right. I I don't agree with him, but he can make the argument. And, and, And then I'm sorry, a third thing is that he has a problem with Ray Allen, who is probably more than any of the three if you want to count Rhino as a four, most responsible for the, the one championship that they got. They have no chance of getting a championship without him. But because he decided he wants to get one more in yeah, South yeah. Beach in the three oh five and ride into the sunset with two instead of one, you guys act like he's like the, you know, his up Much ridiculous. No, that's the same thing, the same reason Russell has to for KD. What are you talking about? It's the same exact reason. No, 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 no. <laughs> exactly. Katie and Russ never won a championship. Katie and Russ never won a championship. They won one time. I'm sorry? Katie left after they lost the Western Conference Finals to a team that won 73 games. <laughs> Those guys won a championship. And they went back the next year and almost won a championship. Where did he go? So they didn't through the wars. Where, he went to the rivals. That was a beef cup. Uh, the Heat he, he, he were not a rival, man. The Heat he were not a rival. Danny Age never, Ooh. never gave way out his proper respect. Never Ooh. did him right. he was like 35 years old when he left. If he went to the Washington, come on with all that Wizards, There would be no problem. If he went to the Washington Wizards, there would be no beef at all. He went to the Miami Heat. Miami, they saw Miami Heat in the review. They saw him in the review. The, the Boston Celtics saw them coming. They, they had already passed them. By no, the time I played with Yes, they had. Yes, they had. Cleveland, what are you talking about? If yes, they had. stays in Boston, they, they go back to the finals. He went to we They went to what the we finals. What are you talking about? They do, they do not go back to the finals. And that's beside the point. Cleveland, what are, what you, are you talking about? You don't give him enough credit. You don't give him enough credit. Credit for being one of the integral parts of why you're even having this conversation. You're not listening to but what you are You Once you will get Please Antoine Walker and then and then and and try to get the championship with it. you're making my argument. Don't don't, don't even use that. We on you're making my argument. I don't know what you I don't know what how you're not seeing this. There's beef because Ray Allen left the Celtics, the family, the the dynasty they were building to go join. The young bucks. What don't you see there? Did he did he leave him, or did the organization feel like he just was not that welcome, not that wanted, left, and that this other team? If if he went to the Washington Wizards, Danny was Ainge and the Boston Celtics felt. Cleveland. If he went to the Wizards, yeah. If he went, went to the Indiana Pacers, yeah, yeah, obviously, yeah. Not quite the same situation. Not quite the same position of winning another championship. But, no, he didn't go to the Casers. He, he went did. to the 305. Right. Where the Young Bucks were. Where, where the Young Bucks were ready to win, ready to surpa- sur- surpass Boston and what they were able to do. That's where the beef came from. That's where what, that's what you keep coming with this, man. Boston was already that. past it. Boston was already past it by the time Ray got there. Before Ray got where? To the Miami Beach. He left Boston to go to the Heat. What are you talking about, Cleveland? The Heat the the Celtics were already past They were they were not championship contenders anymore. Did he leave when he left? When he left the Celtics. They were far less championship contenders without him, correct? Not not according to uh Rondo Garnett and Pierce. On. Come, you, you, apparently he wasn't. On. that, I'm Apparently, going. according to them, he wasn't that big a part or integral a part of all that. Clean, clean the way on. they you're, talk you're, about him. Two different things. It sounds like you're arguing two different things. I don't know which one you're arguing. I, I don't know which. I don't. I'm, I'm missing case. If you're saying there was beef, the beef started with Ray Allen and Paul Pierce when Ray Allen left Boston and went to Miami. If Ray Allen went to the Los Angeles Clippers, there would be zero beef. He went to Miami, who was a rival of Boston Celtics, which started the beef. That's clearly understandable. I'd have a problem with that too. I'd have a problem with that too. What are you going to those guys for? What do you do? I'd have a problem with that too. Let's move on for that. Um who do you who who did you think had a better career? Dirk Levisky or Dwayne Wade? Wow, it is so ironic that you bring that question up because I got into the biggest debate about that, and just plot that down ahead. With regards to who has the most accolades and accomplishments, it would be C-Way. Who has a better career, it would be Dirk Twenty years, twenty-one years, one team. That'd be hard to. That'd be hard to beat. That. I don't know, man. That top, that, that top five, top five all-time in scoring. Um, the an uh, uh, unstoppable seven-footer. I mean, you yeah, know, like, and uh, yeah. and actually took out, said D mm-hmm. Wade one time. So, and so he didn't. Mm-hmm. He beat. He He beat. Yeah, exercise. <laughs> exercise those demons from missing those free throws. Kudos to Dirk. I thought he would never recover from that. He came back the next time he had a chance with them guys, and shh, seems like he didn't miss a shot out there. Oh, <laughs> that one series. <laughs> oh, damn. Derek is not playing. He, he, he's forgotten all about that 06. Uh, and the pace. We got, we got to speed it up, you guys. They get real spirit in it here. We are far beyond pace, man. Let's take a break right here. Hello fans, Cameron here. I want to talk to you guys about the LA News Observer and their group of newspapers that cover the Southern California market. They have papers in Bakersfield, Los Angeles, in the Valley, San Fernando, and San Gabriel. This paper is filled with talented writers, content that covers everything from sports, to politics, to current events, the website is www.ognsc.com. That's the LA News Observer. You can find it at www.ognsc.com. Mr. Cleveland, we are running away. Sure. Uh, today's date, what's today's date? Today is April 10th. April 10th. You know there are ten vowels in the Korean alphabet. Did you know that, Mister Cleveland? I did not know that. Wow! I'm educating you. I'm educating you week after week with these fun, fun facts, man. And this is great. The Roman numerals. See, this is, here's something else I didn't know. The Roman num- the Roman numeral. Do you know? Do you know the Roman numbers? I know X and V. And what is X? X is ten. believe V is. Five. Okay. X is ten. Is correct. Well, what we think is X is ten. Um, and the B is five. So what we think is X is actually two B's. You know, one up, one's upright, the other is downright. You get it? Oh, gotcha. And it looks like it's two B's, ten. But it, we see X, right? I, that was, uh, I just realized that, kind of doing this homework. It's just it's two V's kind of up, upside down, right? But we see X. That's crazy. Um, That's crazy. The traditional tenth anniversary gift is ten. What what year are you guys in in your marriage, man? We are in uh, year seventeen. Oh boy. Oh boy. So, I don't know if you if you remember what you got for your 10th anniversary. Um the traditional 10th anniversary gift is And 10, Tin. 10, <laughs> with modern gift with modern inflation, <laughs> the modern gift for 10th anniversary is diamonds. Did you guys exchange diamonds or 10? Okay, well, it was, it was, it was neither of those, but uh thanks for the uh the update. Yeah. No. I, I yeah. believe it was just a very senior view of Lake Washington and uh if call recall. You better put in for your diamonds there, big fella. You you <laughs> got you got some years in. So that's some pretty uh, cool fun facts, man, that we educate you guys with, man. Not only do we bring sports, we bring education to the people. Very nice. Mr Mr. Cleavon, final four, man, over the weekend. You can't call that foul. Swallow your whistle. Not only did you miss No, again, in the Virginia game against Auburn, swallow your whistle. Don't call the foul. The guy makes a bucket, he makes a bucket. Don't call the foul, the guy jumps into him. I think that was a bad call. What do you think? I think, unfortunately, I would like it if the game was still that way, but the way the game was interpreted and called in 2019, he definitely, unfortunately, fouled him. He did get into his landing area. And he did jump forward and I straight up. Goes, uh, guy goes to the free throw free throw line for three free throws to win the game. Boom, boom, boom. They move on to the final to the championship game. Oh, Auburn had to be sick to death, buddy. Sick to death. Texas Tech. I definitely agree. I definitely agree, and I think it's something that hopefully. They were able to get over. Um, there was so many opportunities to win, and, you know, the non-call the on, the, on the double dribble uh, before that even happened. And, um, yeah, it was unfortunate sequence of events for them. And Texas Tech were able to outlast uh, Michigan State and their defense battle on Saturday to get to the championship game on Monday. We saw a pretty good game. A lot of people were kind of wondering, and I actually, not a college basketball fan, but was looking forward to this basketball game, mainly because I spent some time getting to know the guys on Texas Tech, but you nonetheless, know, I was looking forward to the championship game on Monday night, and which actually turned out to be a pretty good game. Now, Texas Tech did, there, did enough to win that game. Coming down in the last moments of the uh, regulation, up three. With seconds on the clock, Virginia brings the ball up court. I am fouling that guy with the ball. I'm fouling him. I don't know. Don't let him get three. Don't let him shoot a three pointer. Um, what do you think about that? And I think that – and not only did they not foul him, their defense, the the thing that got them to that point in the season. Completely collapsed and let them down. I mean, three guys collapsed on one dude, and he, he just kicks out for easy three-pointers? Ah, my goodness. Since it's overtime, of course, they lose the game. They had another team. They had to be sick to, sick to lose that game. But what do you think about that strategy? Foul before they get to Europe three. Foul them, they get two shots. When we get the ball. Definitely. Definitely foul if you have the opportunity to do so, and especially if you have fouls to give. I don't know exactly what the situation was there. But with regards to the the of to kick out, I think that that was a smart play because Virginia didn't have a whole lot of shooters. Um, you know, they had Dan Jerome, they had uh, a you were saying, but not just knock down shooters. So I think the closeout and the way that they handled it was, you know, respectable if he wanted to dribble to the assist, you're not going to foul him if you let him get to the bucket let him score don't close out on your guy don't come off the three point line he kicks it right out to the three point line and the guy knocks it down uh, that was good execution by Virginia I just thought it was poor defense and at, at the last moment of the season the defense lets him down and that's they, what they hung their hat on and that was a that was the heartbreaker for Texas Tech. Is that that's what you hang your hat on is playing defense, and the defense lets you down. That's oh my goodness. So watching that thing, watching those games, you know, I watch college basketball like I watch college football to see who can possibly perform at the next level. Um, Culver, I, I think his at best he'll be your three guy. He'll be your third guy. Play defense. Get you some. Get you some points. That'll be his feeling. I don't think he'll be a superstar. He'll be—I don't think he'll ever carry a team, but he'll be that third guy. He may get you 15 or 20 points every now and then when you need him because he has the ability. I just don't know if he has the motor or the, or the heart, or he, I'm not sure how to how to place it. Um, and Owen, number 11 for Texas Tech. I thought that kid. I, I want him on my team tomorrow. Um, his toughness, his, his bounce, his block, his, his ability to get up and block shots, I need that. His ability to make rebounds, I need that. Uh, what do you think about those two kids? Uh, I think between those two, I think Tyler Trick always has a little bit more of a defined role in the pros. I'm not sure if Colby's going to I think, at the next level. Um, always have a little bit more of the size and kind of athleticism. I think you you're always looking for that, so I think she probably has a better chance of doing that. Um, with regards to everyone else in the final four, I thought that probably Chasis Winston from uh, Michigan State is probably the most ready. Um, Kelly might be a little bit of a true holiday, or or Mike Conley or Collin just a little bit. Is it that big? Five eleven. Sorry. I- I thought he was like five eleven. Uh, he's not particularly tall, but it's it's his it's in his ability to kind of control the game, kind of set the pace and kind of the tone of things, and kind of you know another yeah. orthodox shot, but he, he has an ability to kind of get it off and kind of make it Look, happen. So. I wasn't um, I wasn't very impressed with him against Texas Tech. I have to admit, I expect more from him. Um, I expected more. I, I expected more from him, so uh, I'm not exactly sure what we're going to get out of him at the next level. Um, let's take one more break, Mister Cleavon. All right. Do you know what the first U.S. patent was, Cleavon? The first U.S. patent. It happened today, April 10th. I I do not, big The first U.S. patent was a safety pin issued in New York City to uh, Walter Hunt. It was a little bit before our time, sir. That was 1849. A little closer to all. I think think the Hunt family is still rolling from that one. I think they they did quite well for themselves on that one. It probably probably did, the guy, yeah. It probably did. (laughs) Um, Back in the 70s, Paul McCartney announced on this day back in the 70s, 1970 to be exact, Paul McCartney announced his breakup with the Beatles. Magic says a day earlier, 45 years later, uh, Magic says, I'm gone off with the Lakers. Paul McCartney says he's gone for the Beatles. But so this is a breakup season. Oh, oh. Um, well, this is another fact, man. For the first time, I got to go get some stamps. The price of the U.S. US post has decreased for the first time in 100 years. Went from 49 cents to 47 cents. Yeah, they were overcharging us. So I think we should get our money back. I think I'm due for a refund. What do you think about Obuzum? I feel it. I feel it. Man, I'm like. For a letter? Yeah. Come on. And you guys take three days to get myself there anyway. You guys you need to speed up if I'm paying for this, you guys need to speed up your service, by the way. Mr. Post I want my extra I want my extra fifty cents a, a month for sure. Yeah. I'll take that. Um NFL, NFL topics this week, man. We had a lot of uh a lot of back and forth, man. A lot of cackling and cat fighting, it sounds like right now at this time of the year. We get Aaron Rodgers accused uh, of uh doing a lot of stuff and then he comes back and says it's just somebody who's trying to make a living. <laughs> Aaron, a- man, what do you think of this guy now, huh? What do you think of your guy now, who, who you told me last week? Everybody need to come bow down to his feet. What do you think about this clown? Uh, I feel I, I the same way, Clayton. You, you know what the arm talent is, so I mean, it's you know, perhaps it's a little bit of a trained honor. perhaps it's a little bit of a difficult personality, but uh, you know, yeah. That's just kind of what you have to do if you, you have the most talented passer in you know, the NFL and quite possibly in the history of the NFL. Yeah, you have, to, you have to change things up a tad bit. Wow. Okay, do you think Gruden will be able to muzzle his new wide receiver? Now, I know I said I was going to talk about this guy, but uh, I just want to... Will Gruden put a muzzle on his cat? He, I knowledge. think that he will have as much success... Miles Antonio Brown as he had Miles Keyshawn Johnson. Do you remember <laughs> how much that was? Yeah, yeah. He told Keyshawn. To yeah, not him. not a lot, right? As 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 you recall, you remember Keyshawn Johnson cussing him the hell out on the sideline in front of everybody and didn't give a damn about it. And uh, John Gruden just like nodded his head, like, "Okay, yes, yes, sir, Mister Johnson, I understand. Number one, deal receiver, I understand." But that was years ago. He didn't have no cash at that time. He was still growing at that time. He was he was he 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 should on 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 his his on his, uh, on his resume. You know? that, is, that is true. He did did. He. Um. All right, man. Serious question, man. Serious question. I need some serious answers. Will Russell Wilson start another game for the Seattle Seahawks? Russell Wilson will start another hundred games for the Seahawks. Another 100 games for the Seahawks. Is that wishful thinking, or do you know something? I know the way the Seahawks operate, and I know how much they value Russell Wilson, and I also know that they want to get the best deal done for the organization. So sometimes that takes a little bit more time. I know that Russell set somewhat of a deadline. They can to us some numbers and see if they're in the ballpark. If they're not, then that's unfortunate. We were able to get a deal done by the April 15th deadline mandated by, say, a quarterback. But that doesn't mean that he's out of the Seahawks' control by any stretch of the imagination. So hopefully we're able to get something done before the 15th. If not, we'll save the season out. Try to get something done in the offseason. If not, there's that thing called a franchise tag. So rest is you going anywhere. Hmm. You sure Russ isn't going to pull a Levy on Oh, him I'm quite positive. Russ, Russ doesn't have it in it to pull Levy on Bell. Sierra wants to get out of town. The Sierra might be uh, pulling these strings. Okay, well, my goodies is about 15 years ago. So she needs to end up getting go some more in the corner. That's the opportunity now. What do you guys do to Sierra up there? Why is Sierra trying to get out of town? Sierra's not from a too old city. She's not, you saw this free-flowing style and, you know, water and mountains and trees and whatnot, man. You know? Uh, it's geographically isolated. It's not like some of the other places that she's been around. So what? <laughs> this, this is where her husband makes uh, $40 million a year. Well, that, gotcha. that that should be enough to shut some people up, but, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That, that should be more than enough, especially considering what we were going to do if you were uh, – you know, flitting the bill for everything. Yeah. yeah Things are way different, right? Yeah, that, that should be enough, but however, Okay. Uh, however, if he got something, he still got that milkshake, She takes that milkshake to the East Coast, buddy, <laughs> Russell going to be going to the East Coast? <laughs> well, I mean, the milkshake does bring all the boys for the yard. I understand that part too, man. So, yeah, that's part of it. However, you know, man, let's, let's stop messing with, uh, you know, legacies and, you know, Whole, you know, National Football Leagues and whatnot. How say, no, just how things are. Maybe, maybe she'll say a few years ago. I didn't know. I didn't realize what that was up there. I didn't realize what Seattle was all about when they're uh, playing for the Giants and they're going three and twelve. Oh yeah, they're just uh, just you know, so what uh, What else across over the uh, hibachi? Yeah. yeah. Go ahead and why don't you go ahead and send. A second-round pick the Arizona Cardinals and get Josh Rosen. Why? Why? Why do that? Because you're going to be without a quarterback here before too long. How are we going to be without a quarterback? Number one, he's under contract for this year. Number yeah. two, they have the ability, if they so chose, to franchise him for three more years. Of course, by the third year, it's the you know somewhat outrageous. Know, fifty fifty million dollars or whatever. I don't know how the, the mathematics or you know you know the accumulation works and that but he's not going anywhere, man. Certainly not this year, and certainly not next year. Now if things get funnier tight after that, possibly, but it there's absolutely zero chance. Zero chance playing for us this year or next year. Okay. And again my prediction is the next hundred games. 100 games, he says. Uh, You heard it here, folks. Mr. Gleefon Young Sam says Russell Wilson will play 100 more games for the Seattle Seahawks. We'll see. Uh, Young Sam, do you have a quote for us this week? I do have a quote from the immortal words of Warren Sapp. If you know the nature of the beast, don't be surprised by what it does. Know the nature of the beast. Don't be surprised at what it does. Okay. All right. We'll take that. And hey, we've gone long, Mr. Cleveland. We're going to wrap it up here on that note. Good note to wrap it on. Wrap it up on. I want to thank all, all of our contributors, especially you, from Mr. Cleveland, week after week, uh, putting up with us. Make sure to tell a friend about our show. Tell a friend to tell a friend about our show. Be sure also to rate. Review our show. It really helps out. You may not believe it, but the rate, the ratings, your ratings help out with our ratings. And I want to thank you guys for making our voice your choice. Mr. Clemois, thank you for tuning in. Another past week. Thank you for joining me. And uh, we look forward to talking to you soon, big guy. My pleasure, bro. Can't wait to talk. Thank you, big guy. Have a good one. Hey, what's up what's good in sports it's Daniel Cormier thank you guys